0: Welcome to the Founders Mentality, a startup podcast. My name is Josh Feedy. I will be your host on these shows. I've brought together some of my friends to discuss what it means to create a business, to take an idea and build your dreams. Today I have one of my favorite local founders here in Minnesota. This is somebody that is making waves not just here in Minnesota, not even just in North America, all across the world with his company, Sezzle. Can't wait to introduce you to Charlie. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Founders Mentality. We made it. This is episode number 20. I feel like that's a, a big milestone, even though there's plenty of podcasts with hundreds or thousands of episodes. But getting to those round numbers is always fun. So today, I wanted to do something uh, different. If you're watching the video, you're seeing I'm not wearing my shirt. And that's the first time I haven't worn my company's shirt probably two years. Uh, it feels a little strange. But this company that I'm repping right now this is a rock star here in uh, Minnesota in the tech scene and so I wanted to have them on the show and I thought I'd represent a little bit Um, the other thing that uh, is is really uh, fun about this one is uh, the person that I have on here um, he's done some absolutely incredible things with his team. His team has been growing like absolutely crazy, and so we wanted to have him into the founders' mentality and talk about this journey and what this has all been about. I'm gonna let him introduce himself, like I always do. That's all I'm gonna say for now. So, Charlie, welcome to the founders' mentality.
1: Thanks for having me, Josh. You're welcome. Really appreciate it.
0: Yeah. So uh, this is honestly this is exciting for me. I mean, your your company uh, has just absolutely exploded. Um, I remember. First getting introduced to Sezzle through Paul, your Mm -hmm. co-founder, probably eight months ago uh, when my product was literally still just a clickable prototype. I was introduced to him through someone in the beta program that I was in. Um, He was kind enough to have a a burger with me and said, look, when you get this to a point, um, I'm happy to bring this into the team. So Sezzle was literally my first. Beta testing company. That's pretty cool for my product. So I have a little bit of a emotional connection to you guys. Yeah. So that's fun. So big shout out to Paul and a big thanks to Paul. But we're seeing Sezzle in the news all the time. Let's start really quickly with what is Sezzle? Just the elevator pitch.
1: Yeah, we're a payment platform that allows consumers to split up a purchase into four interest-free installments. Mm-hmm. You know, plain and simple. Users create accounts with us very much like they would with PayPal. Um, and then, and on subsequent checkouts, we really simplify the checkout because yeah. once the user signed in, we try to keep them signed in, like an Uber or Lyft, yep. make the checkout easy. And so, every time you check out with us, we split it up into four.
0: Yep. And so, this is this is not a credit card. This is not taking out credit. This is well,
1: it is credit in a way. It's a okay. digital credit. You know, I, okay. I don't shy away from saying the word credit, but sure. it's but it's a safe credit. Yeah. For young consumers, so they yep. are we're extending credit to them, yep. but they can only get so deep. Yeah, into debt with yeah. our product, essentially. Right. And a lot of times when you read our reviews from consumers, they view it as a budgeting tool. Right. So it's, I, I, a lot of times I say it's a training wheels. Yep. For credit. Yeah,
0: it's it's credit with um, a predefined plan of very quick payoff.
1: Yeah, it's like a charge card. You're I like supposed that. to pay it off. I like. So that. one of the problems with credit cards with young consumers. I mean, I got a credit card when I was 18. I sure. did okay with it. Yeah. But a lot of people didn't. They got in a lot of debt. I did not. Bankruptcies. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of people got into bankruptcies, and it's because it just got. Too easy to spend too much, and so yeah. that that was a danger for young consumers. Our product prevents that.
0: Right, I like that. Okay, great. So, how did we get here? What what were what what is your background? First, um, is this your first startup? Have you done this before? Have you been part of other founding teams? Like. How, how did you get this itch to start a business right now with this? You
1: know, it's funny. I've always had an itch to start a business when I was yeah. younger. I wasn't like the kid that did the lemonade stand at all. Right. I probably was too lazy to do that when I was younger. <laughs> but I was really tech-focused, okay. so I did engineering undergrad. Okay. I did a lot of tinkering with computers, build my own computers, okay. soft, my own software development. Okay. And then my first job out of school was in software development. Okay. So not engineering, just writing into software development. And then during that time period, I was always thinking about, oh, what if we did, did this or what if we built that? But I didn't have any guidance about how do you launch a company. Right. You know, yeah. so didn't know how to get it off the ground, even though a lot of the ideas I was thinking about probably would have been right. workable ideas. Yeah. And then I went to business school in 2008. Okay. And then during that time period, it was actually a downturn in the economy. Yep, I remember. Really well. hard to get a job. And I view that as like the push out of the nest. Yeah. You know, it's, it's we had an idea and the idea was around. Mobile payments for parking. Yep. And I was parking at a parking lot at the University of Minnesota Carlson School. And there's a, a lot where you had to take dollar bills, stuff it into an envelope, write your license plate on it. <laughs> right. And I was like, how the hell does this still exist? <laughs> and I called my cousin, told him about it. Yeah. And my prior job was in software for parking. And yep. I was like, perfect. We have yeah. a perfect story here. Yep. My background's in parking, yep. a tech enabled company to solve a problem. Yep. And that's where we started Passport. So okay. I started my first company in 2010.
0: So that's, uh, I mean, that's interesting to me just because I actually started my first company at the exact same time, um, which was a very interesting time to be starting a
1: business. A lot of people started companies around that time period.
0: Right. Because of the economy. Because of the economy. You had to do something, right? right? That's very, very interesting. So how long did you, how long did that business, how long did you run that business? How fast did that team grow? Uh, What did it turn into?
1: So that was... uh an interesting journey. Yeah. Like, uh, for, for so many perspectives right. in that journey, but I took a lot of lumps, yeah. learned the hard way a lot of times. I, I've never really had a mentor sure. to build a company. Okay. And so neither did my co founder at Passport. Yeah. And so we were basically just learning the hard way. Yeah. Which sometimes is the right way to learn. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I remember starting that company and thinking a lot of companies, people would say a lot of companies fail. Yeah. And you probably have the same. I mean, if you're a founder, you kind of have a little bit of, uh ego yeah it's not me it's right. someone else right but i can tell you when i what i learned was it is really hard yeah. to start a company yeah. and we almost failed probably multiple times Yep. Sezzle's had near failures along the way yeah it's just really hard to yeah. start a company yeah and so at passport i learned the hard way a lot of the way through that company and we right. finally found product market fit yep we finally you know finally started to get momentum and yep. then realized what it takes to get like escape velocity as a Mm -hmm. company and and that company is now leading the way in parking and transportation right but it was a hard journey and then for me to take that learning to Sezzle I think has really helped us along the way too because we've skipped some of those lumps along the way
0: so you talk about not having mentors in that first company but I would assume at this stage you've learned to surround yourself with mentors I mean who are some of the people that really inspired and helped you while you were getting Sezzle off the ground while you were well, thinking of that and deciding to move forward.
1: We've added a lot of advisors. Yeah. You know, I, you call them mentors, call them advisors. Yeah. What we did is we were going into a payment space. So my prior company was in payments. Yeah. So again, leveraging something that I'd done in the, my past. And then Paul Paradis, my co-founder, yeah. um, he had never had any experience in payments. Right. And so we realized that was a weakness. Like we're, so I had some experience in payments, but nothing in the like retail space. Okay. okay. Paul had a little bit of retail because of his prior jobs. Yeah. Um, but we weren't strong there. And so what we did is we realized wherever we're weak, we tried to pull in advisors Mm -hmm. to make sure that we were well-educated on on areas that we felt we were weaker. So that's what we have done at Cecil is we've really pulled in advisors to help.
0: Yeah, and I hope that anybody listening to the podcast right now, Listens very closely to that yeah. because it is impossible to be strong at everything that you need to be strong at when you're starting a business. Definitely, it's absolutely impossible. We
1: probably have a dozen advisors. You have close to. to the company.
0: You have to, right? And I would say I do as well, right? I probably, honestly, have more than a dozen because I think you're a smarter gentleman than I am. But uh, I have, <laughs> I have many more than twelve advisors, and um, I rely on them every day. Yeah. Um, and I and I bother them all the time when you know, hey, this just came up. And I need to make sure that I'm making the right decision next and quickly. Right? And you, you
1: know who else ends up being your advisors yep. are your investors. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, people are always scared to take on more investors. I hear that sometimes. Yep. Like, yep. oh, I'm worried about the investor. They're going to tinker my business. They're going to mm-hmm. distract me. Actually, yep. if I think if you're really... Um, open and transparent about where the company is and give monthly updates, which I really have pushed our company to do to our investors. What you find is when those investors get those monthly updates, good or bad, you get a lot of feedback.
0: Yeah, it's, I mean, uh, full transparency. So you have shared those updates with me, which I really appreciate, Um, just one version of it so that I could look at it because that that was an area where... You know, up to this point, I haven't had to give those kind of updates to my investors, right? And um, so far, for the most part, everybody's been happy with. You know, here's a phone call, here's a quick update. Yep. It's all jovial and it's good to go. But I really appreciated we we had a conversation recently, and we were talking about that. And you said, "Look, Josh, um, this is what I do for my investors, right? Maybe you should think about doing something yep. like this." Um, it was great to look into that. Now it's something that in in full transparency i haven't had a chance to really even start working on because i am in the throes of wrapping up this seed round uh we have just a handful of weeks left to do this we gotta close this successfully and then at the same time, it's the double whammy with this is Startup Week, right? Yeah. So welcome to absolute madness. <laughs> um, Startup Week in Minnesota is basically better than Christmas, in my opinion, right? I love Startup Week, um, but I'm speaking on three panels. My my company was uh, nominated for an award, so I, I get to go You're to in that. Minnesota Cup. Yep. So there's all these things happening, right? Mm-hmm. It's just an insane week. So so I'll get to that when I can as soon yeah. as I can. But but no, anyone listening, I mean that is something that. No matter how you do it, you're very detailed in how you update your investors. I have been more off the cuff, right? But no matter how you do it, that is one learning that I've extracted from companies that have failed or succeeded is you need to make sure your investors know what is going on because when you get that first check from them. That doesn't mean the party's over. That doesn't mean now you can go do whatever you want. You you actually need to bring those people with you. There have been a lot of companies, and there have been companies locally that have not been able to keep going solely because their original group of founders lost trust. Yeah, and that was the message that the new investors looking at the opportunity took. Absolutely, right. And so you need to do that.
1: And it says like to, to give that to further that. We actually, our first business model was a failure. We mm. actually launched with the idea that we would be a, a debit payment system. Okay. You pay with your bank at checkout. Okay. So, like a Venmo for checkout. Yep. And that product really struggled. How yep. long
0: did you give that before you, you called it quits?
1: So, we, we launched in 2016. Yep. It took about a year to build the product yep. and get the team together. And then we launched that product in February okay. of 2017. Yeah, And I, from February to May was like our launch period. Yep. And We tested everything under the sun. So yeah. Paul was on the BD side of things, I was more on the product side of things. Yep. And we got, I think Paul got like 13 or 14 merchants on board, yep. and then the product struggled to get the consumer yep. on board. Yep. And if you struggle to get the consumer on board, our pitch to the merchant was, this is an ACH payment, right. it lowers your costs, but if you're not getting anyone to use it, right. there's <laughs> no cost lowering. And basically, <laughs> when we realized we needed a pivot was when the next merchant asks, tell me about your, your success at your other merchants. Yes. And then when you know that your story is horrible, yep. you're yep. dead in the water. Right. So that's yep. when we realized we needed to pivot. And then we looked at the data point. The data point that we were building the company around was that young people were paying with debit. Yeah. And we were, you could look at this two ways. You could say it's a preference or yep. it's a lack of access to credit. Right. We looked at it as a preference. Yep. And so we flipped over to a lack of access. Yeah. And then the moment we did that, it, it just took off. But along the way... Wow. Along the way, we were updating our investors about a bad story. Right, right. Like, this is not working. Right, right. We're trying this, we're trying that. But and you were
0: being clear about it. Oh,
1: yeah, we were being clear. Yeah. You know, I think we're optimistic. So we were probably, right. it was optimistic, <laughs> but if you were an investor, you probably could read between the lines that it's right. not going as well right. as it was hoped. Right. And then so when we pivoted, I think the great story was we pivoted and then we started to get traction. Yeah. And we had a number of investors that were in our seed round yeah. that followed on in a bridge. To help keep us going because they're like, wow! Look at all these—how hard these guys are working. Right, they figured it out. Yeah, let's further the investment, and that helped.
0: Yeah, no, that's—I mean, that's incredible, right? So, I mean, there's so many nuggets you can extract from that. But number one, uh, fail fast, mm-hmm. right? So the ability to—if uh, it's not working, just pivot, right?
1: Yeah, you need to be able to. And pivot. you have to go by your gut to know that. Yes, it really is. You can you can ask around all you want. Yeah, but. Yeah. I don't know what the key finding was. You know, yeah. I think I figured out now that it's when we had the bad story yeah. to the next merchant. Yeah, because once you don't have a good story, no one's going to sign up for you. That's probably was the key moment. Yeah, yeah. But it took some convincing. Like so when you go out there and you raise a lot of money, you've raised yeah. a lot of money for your company. Yeah, and you raise it on this idea of we're going to do X. Right. But yeah. in the end, the investor really just wants to. Put in Y and get Z. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Know? They just want to make money. They absolutely. don't they don't necessarily care about the mission. Right. They care more about like hey, I I'd love to make a return on this.
0: This is uh, I've heard this message so many times that it has to be true now, right? It just has to be. So anyone that's listening that's saying, No, that can't be. Yeah. No, that has to be true. Because I've heard multiple founders say the exact same thing that they started with an idea. Look, the getting an MVP out in front of customers getting that first product out there in front of them the best thing you can do is just shut up and listen at that point because Definitely. they're going to tell you what you created yeah right so with your uh, mvp it was more them telling you this isn't working and this is why it's not working and so you had to pivot a little bit yep. there with my product you know we we had a whole bunch of different bells and whistles we could have built into this and you know the hypothesis early on was that it was going to be primarily a relationship-driven, uh, a relationship-building portal. I thought that's what was missing in the sales cycle. Yep. What actually was missing, what we found out once we got it in people's hands, was that the asset distribution, the way that we organized that, that was where we were helping them win deals. It had n- so much less to do with the, the relationship portion of it. We had to immediately pivot our strategy on, you know, what are we really focusing on in the development of this? It is, it's organization, right? And now that's been validated recently. Um, Gartner did a survey that I put up on LinkedIn. I don't know if you saw this, but um, this was tremendous for for my business um, because Gartner put out a study that the biggest pain point in B2B sales is buyer confidence. And they went on to say that it's not buyer's confidence in the salesperson. It has nothing to do with that. It is buyer's confidence in themselves that they're making the right decision because they are thrown all kinds of things to review. Right, whether they're looking at a website themselves to diagnose their problems right, and figure out the solution or whether the salesperson is sending materials to them to help them through the way and maybe those materials aren't as poignant as they need to be or direct as they need to be. Um, So regardless, that article was great for me because it again just validated what we had decided to pivot to do. I think along those lines, there's been a ton of validation for CEZL in this pivot right um you cannot and maybe it's because i'm connected to a handful of people at Cezil, um but i cannot go to LinkedIn without seeing a news article on on new things that are happening you recently IPO'd you re- recently formed partnerships with some of the biggest companies in the world Visa right okay <laughs> not, not bad not <laughs> bad right so and this is what happened in just a few short years yeah. right There's some amazing things happening there. So, I mean, walk me through some of those successes that you've been having now with Sezzle.
1: I think it really just comes with momentum. Okay. You know, so both companies I've started, you start small. Yeah. And I think it's really the right way to start. It's start with smaller merchants because you were mentioning about the buyer behavior. Yeah. When you have a small retailer or a small customer. Yeah. They're really thinking about I gotta move, I gotta move. And so they're they're less worried about I have this concept like the the, the CYA bubble. Yeah. The cover your ass bubble. Yes. And with a small <laughs> merchant, the Ma and Pa merchant, they don't have that. It doesn't right. exist. Yeah. Because there's not there's no CYA. It's just I gotta grow. Right. And so when you present your product to them, they're like that might help me. I'm right. going to do it. Right, and then it, and then what you do is you test out your product with them. They help yeah. you improve it. Yeah. You get to bigger and bigger merchants, yeah. and then the CYA bubble grows. Yeah, but then you are also more proven. Yeah, and then as you start to get to large the largest customers, yeah. you're you've already got a great case study for them, and so yeah. they're less worried. The buyer friction yeah. is like, hey, Josh's sales reach is awesome. Right. I've heard about it. Right, install it. Yeah. So I think what that also does though is as you're spinning up the company. Yeah. It just starts to create momentum yes and so like a lot of the the things that are happening right now for Sizzle are just because of this built-up momentum and they're all just starting to come to fruition right now
0: I mean it's been tremendous momentum so how many years now has Sizzle been in
1: existence so we're approaching four years in January
0: four years when you started I heard you say that Paul was acting as your salesperson in those early days was he the sole salesperson pretty much
1: I mean I would help there here and there but I was doing product development what was
0: the team size day one
1: It was me and Paul, basically, day one, and we had a couple developers.
0: How many employees do we have today?
1: Uh, Like 100 or so, (laughs) somewhere in that range, with with full-time, part-time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. somewhere
0: around 100 employees in four years. Yeah. I mean pretty epic. Yeah. I mean it's, it's, it's been it's a pretty a amazing news.
1: journey. And that's what happens when you have product market fit though. Right. It starts to take off.
0: Absolutely. I mean I've seen you guys move offices now I think 3 times. So, <laughs> yeah.
1: right? In a very short window. We had a bridge office where we spent like 5 months in the office. You just and, keep outgrowing it. Yeah.
0: It's just like me and my entire wardrobe. It just doesn't it just doesn't fit. <laughs> no, it's great. Too. Um, <laughs> I know. Isn't it great? <laughs> Welcome to startup life. Yeah. No, this is, it's really, really great. And it's so fun to see it. And it's, and it's also fun just selfishly in Minnesota. It's fun to see a company truly winning in Minnesota, right? In the tech space, because I think we are starting to, to get noticed outside of Minnesota, right? This Silicon Prairie thing yeah. that we have going on, people are starting to take notice. We're starting to see some real talent From Silicon Valley moving here,
1: right, to join some of these companies. Well, it's a a great place to build a company. It really is. It's it's hard to fundraise here. It is. That that is true. It's hard to fundraise early stage here. Yeah. But it was harder to fundraise for me in Charlotte. Passport, we built in Charlotte. So I've done that in two smaller cities. Yeah. Minneapolis is a little bit better. Yeah. But what's fantastic here, first of all, is like the uh, startup support. Yes. Minnesota Cup. Yep. You've got Beta. You've got Twin Cities Startup Week. Yep. That is phenomenal. Yeah, It's more on the funding side where we're a little bit weaker still. Yeah. But I, I think once you get past the early stage funding, yep. it's a great place to build a company.
0: So I heard Robert Weber, it was at a, it was at a beta event that he was on a panel and he made a, a statement, I'm, you know Robert, yep. right? So uh, he made a statement about um, what he sees in like the Silicon Valley, is what we need to start seeing in Minnesota and what that is, is companies that are successful, that are acquired, need to start giving more of their employees options and shares in the business, so that when that business is successful, they can move on and create their own dreams and hire their own employees and move on.
1: That's a lot of what uh, it needs. Yeah. Absolutely. That's that's what happened in Silicon Valley. Yeah. And if you look at the industries in the the Minneapolis area that are really, really strong is healthcare. Yeah. Yeah. So what you really need to have an explosive startup ecosystem. Is a flagship company. Yeah. So yeah. the flagship companies here have been medical, which yeah. is why we're a medical ecosystem. Right. So, yeah. it, you know, fingers crossed, knock on wood, CES yeah. will become something huge. Yeah. Maybe we become a fintech yeah. hub. Because I know one thing yeah. we believe in is we want all of our teammates in our company to have options and have equity in the company. Yeah. And if this becomes a mega company, you're right. right. Yeah. Some people will come out of this with a lot of experience. Yep. And then investors will have a lot of trust in them because yes. they've been in a part of something. That has grown really large, yep. and perhaps that leads to spinouts.
0: Well, it just it goes back to what you led off with. Um, when you're building a company, you need to have a good story around why you should build that company. Definitely, right? Because anybody can anybody can have an idea, and and you know anybody can start a company, um, but not just anybody can make a company successful, and not just anybody can sell that vision to investors, clients. Uh, it's employees, hard. right? Like, you need to really be the person to, yep. to lead that, right? Your background lent itself to that very well. And I can absolutely see that um, people working at Sezzle right now um, will have an amazing story if all things go well with this, right? Definitely. And everything looks good right now. Yeah,
1: so everything's going great, no great right now. No reason to
0: be worried just yet,
1: right? No, no. It's looking good. <laughs> Got to keep it working, you know, keep it working hard yeah. to make it keep on heading the right direction.
0: What's next? What's next for
1: Sezzle? Well, our goal is to basically, you know, I mentioned Venmo earlier. Yeah. I think, you know, people have asked our mission as a company. Yeah. Our goal is to be a household name, like a Venmo. Yeah. But thought of it in a positive way. I think if we accomplish that, where you could mention it out at a bar. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I work at Sezzle. Right. person knows what it is and they think really good thoughts of it. Right. That's the win. Yeah. So that's what we're trying to do.
0: Well, and the beauty is that, I mean, I would say that that is achievable because um, so many merchant sites that you go to, I mean, ultimately all roads lead to the shopping cart, yeah. right? That's where you're going to go. Yep. Yeah. And when you get there, you have the brand recognition right there, right? So it'll, it'll take those... Interactions, right? Where it's multiple times before someone actually stops and thinks, "What is that thing? Yep. What is that green flame-looking thing that I'm seeing on the screen right now?" Right? Yeah. Why should I even pay it attention? It takes impressions.
1: Yep. It's a braining exercise. Yep.
0: But that marketing is built into how your product works on those merchant sites.
1: Exactly. So it's perfect. So the the yeah. consumer sees us on merchant sites. Yep. They keep on seeing us, and maybe they're hesitant to use this us right away. Yeah. But the more more the impressions happen. Yep. And they'll hear someone, one of their friends mentioned that they used it. And then all of a sudden it's like, I've seen it 10 times. My friend mentioned it. Yep. I should try it out.
0: Well, and it's sticky because uh, if this is the first time you've come across this, if you didn't know that this... Even existed this form of credit. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the kind of thing that you tell people about, right? Yeah, I mean, sure. especially in in more the millennial market. I think, yeah, um, where they're probably more likely to embrace a technology like that. I mean, maybe let's talk about that real quick. What are you seeing? from adoption from the user base. I mean, did I just make a, a totally inaccurate statement? Or is it more millennials that are embracing this? Or is no. this kind of across the board? You know that it. it. okay. it's,
1: Gen, it's Gen Z and millennials. Okay. 65% of our users are under the age of 35. Really? Yeah. Wow. So okay. it is a young consumer base. Yeah. They primarily pay with debit yeah. debit cards in yeah. our system. So yeah. the data point matches. Yeah. A lot of these users have debit cards. Yeah. And so we really view this as the training wheels for credit. Right, right.
0: Okay, last thing I want to ask you about, because I think that this is always important in you know the creation story of any business. Um, so I mentioned in the very beginning, um, I know Paul. Paul's a great guy. Where did you meet Paul? How was it decided that you and Paul were going to start a business together? And there is another co-founder as yeah, well, right? So yeah. I shouldn't leave people out here. So yeah. tell me kind of about like this story of... You know, selecting these people that you were gonna grow a business with and actually taking that plunge.
1: So Paul and I went to business school together. Okay. And we met on the ping pong table. Okay. <laughs> That's where we really met. But we but we were a part of a consulting enterprise where you did a lot of real world projects okay. at business school. Yeah. And those are pressure filled projects. Yeah. Even though it's you know it's business school, it's just yeah. it's just school, right. but it's still pressure building. Yeah. And he was one of those people that you could count on. Yeah. And when you're building a business that's who you want as your co-founder. Right. Someone that you yeah. can count on. Yeah. And so when I was at Passport down in Charlotte, I was trying to recruit Paul down there. Yeah. Because I wanted him on the team there. Right. But he couldn't move his family. He didn't want to move. So when I moved on from Passport, one of my first calls was to Paul. Yeah. Like, hey, I'm free of Passport now. Do yeah. you want to start something? Yeah. And he he was in that right position at the right time. Yeah. And just the stars aligned. And yeah. so that's why we started out. Okay. And then Killian Bracky was one of our earliest hires on the team all right and he was critical to building on our tech okay so he's joined like in month six or so you know was pretty early on right but which is why he's one of the co-founders in my opinion yeah
0: it's early enough
1: exactly early enough made a large enough contribution exactly there you go exactly that's great
0: that's great yeah I mean I think um, you know it's always hard when you're building that first team I mean yes you do need to find People that you know are dependable that you can count on. Um, it's interesting to me that you guys were friends, right? Because sometimes you got to be careful oh, with totally. that
1: friend thing, right? Because
0: you know it's, it's hard to manage your friends. It's hard you to have hard gonna conversations work with your friends.
1: Totally. Yeah, and I think what, the key for us was we worked on projects together. Yeah, that helped. Yeah. Yeah, knowing that.
0: Right, knowing how he responds to criticism, exactly, or, or demands being placed on him from outside forces, or all those things. Absolutely. Yeah, no, and he's and he's a great guy. Um, I'm going to start my next business with him, so I'm just, gonna no, <laughs> just I'm waiting. kidding. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> I might not be kidding. No, he's a, he's a great guy. He's very smart, very welcoming. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I would I would definitely keep that keep him close as well, and I'll have to meet the other co-founder
1: because I've never oh yeah never met. stopped by we're close by
0: I'll I'll swing over I'll <coughs> just wear my shirt and let myself in um, so no this has been. It's been awesome for me. Thank you so much for being on this. Thanks for, for having our, me. Our 20th episode. I, I wanted to have a rocket ship in Minnesota on for the 20th episode. I just thought it kind of needed to be that way. So yeah. this has been really, really great. Um, I'd love to have you back again in maybe like six or 12 months. Let's just yeah. do another follow-up. I think be see awesome. See where Cecil's at then. See what galaxy this rocket has reached <laughs> at that point, right?
1: For sure. Um,
0: and and uh, we'll just, you know, any, if anybody listening isn't following Um, Sezzle on, you know, especially LinkedIn, but, you know, in the news, start following Sezzle. I mean, this is, this has been a pretty exciting role that you guys are on right now. And I think everybody should pay attention to what's been happening with this. Cause like I said before, this, this is good for Minnesota. This is very good for Minnesota, right? This is bringing a lot of attention and, and it's not just, I mean, this is bringing attention. You IPO'd in Australia. This is bringing attention outside of the United States
1: at this point. True. True.
0: That's pretty cool. Yeah. Right. Um, by the way, I, I also have a customer in Australia now as well. So so I'm I'm following me <laughs> out there. Um, that just happened the other day. I don't know how it happened, but it happened. So. That's funny. Yeah. So there we go. All right. Well, thanks again, everybody, for joining. And uh, we'll be releasing our next episode in just two weeks like we always do. So we'll talk to you then. Bye. So what do you think? Pretty good, right? We have plenty of other episodes on our website at thefoundersmentality.com. And don't worry, you don't only have to listen to these episodes. If you prefer to watch a video, we do videotape every single episode and post them every other week on our website. Again, the web address is thefoundersmentality.com. This has been Josh Feedy. It's been an honor bringing this information and these guests to you, and I hope you continue listening. Don't forget to give us a share. Talk to you next time. Bye.